0: Welcome to Abundant Life Church. It's so good to see everybody this Easter morning. Are you excited? Are you pumped? Come on, that was an awesome, awesome time in the presence of God. Amen, amen, glory to God. Also, since we are in such a very loud and joyful mood, can we welcome our very first-time visitors this morning? Excellent. We, we are so glad that you are here uh, and that we get, have the opportunity to, to worship and celebrate our God together. Because that's right. Jesus is not dead. He is risen. And it's because of him that we have life with our Father. And so I just want to encourage you, if this is your very first time here at Abundant Life, we want to connect with you uh, before you leave today. Uh, if you, there's a welcome center out in the floor. We have a gift that we want to give to you. We want to place in your hands. It's this book right here. All right, and we just want to be able to connect so that we can be able uh, to do life together. That's how God created us. He created us to live with him together as the body. And so if you don't have a home church uh, that you feel connected or a place that you feel like uh, you, you haven't felt that you could belong with yet, with yet we want to encourage you to, to meet with us here every Sunday and be a part of that family. And listen, we are not a perfect church, but hey, none of us are perfect. And that's where God's grace comes in. And it's because of him that we can still worship and live the life he created us to live. So before you leave today, make sure you stop by the Welcome Center so that we can connect with you. Also on your, on your seats, you, uh, there's uh, brochures just to kind of give you a little uh, bit of information about who we are, Abundant Life. We have a website, uh, myabundantlife.com, that you can uh, see more of what God is doing here at Abundant Life and in our community. Also, if you have a smartphone, I want to encourage you to download our mobile app, MyALC Mobile. Uh, to where you can, uh, many opportunities to get connected, uh, see what's going on here at Abundant Life, uh, take sermon notes. Uh, We we just want to be able to connect. And uh, we we just, once again, thank you that you're here, that we can celebrate together. Uh, Let's go before him. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you have sent us the greatest gift ever in your son, Jesus Christ, who made the ultimate sacrifice and took the position on the cross He took the position on the cross for our debt to death. And that he didn't stay dead, but he defeated death. And he gave us the keys to our freedom, the keys to our victory, the keys to the life you created us to live. And so, Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise this morning as we celebrate you and your son, Jesus Christ. We pray all this in your name and everybody said, amen. My story begins uh, probably when I was in middle school. I was kind of growing up in the church, and so I kind of knew who God was, and so I did kind of the church things that were expected, but things kind of took
1: a turn for the worse probably when I was in uh, eighth grade. I've always struggled with um, fitting in. My voice was too high, my hair was too curly, I was too thin, my mannerisms were too odd. I was, quote unquote, too gay for this audience, I was too straight for this audience, I was too this, and all of a sudden, my navigation in the world left me, even in a room full of people, I was just by myself. I
2: was probably maybe 12, 13, I would go to my sister's house and um, when she wasn't home, I'd undo the caps on these little mini liquor bottles, fill them up with water after taking a couple shots out of them and put them back on. <laughs>
0: My parents split up, uh, you know, you always think your, your family supposed to look like this picture-perfect family portrait that's on the wall. All the thoughts and the fears go in your mind, you know, this is my fault, I did something to create this. I allowed those thoughts to really kind of eat at me. I tried to turn to various things to try to get my mind off the pain and the hurt that was at home. And so, you know... It, Turn to individuals, uh, turn to friends I normally wouldn't hang out with, turn to alcohol. Uh, The biggest thing that that really kind of affected me was I
1: turned to uh, pornography. As I was trying to find out where I fit, I felt hopeless. You know, I felt frustrated. You know, nothing seemed to work, nothing seemed to fit. I grew up in church and I should have known that, you know, God had an answer for me, um, but I didn't try that. I started to hang with different people, I identified with this people, I even um, started to do drag. You know, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll identify with this culture, maybe I'll fit in there. As an adult, that lifestyle brought about a lot of drinking, that's just what you did, you drank and you did drugs. And in my profession, I drank and did drugs, that's what people do, just to be social, you meet to drink, and, and it wasn't social for me at that point.
2: I just wanted to be liked, I wanted to be cool. Um, Then I found boys, and I did anything boys wanted because I thought it would make them like me. And of course, that required alcohol for courage. Um, And then after a while, it just, it got to be, I was the fun person. Um, The more I drank, the more confidence I'd have, and the more fun I was.
0: It was something I was really ashamed of, yet I still kept finding myself running back to it, running back to it. It was something that I struggled with for
1: you know, over, over 15 years of my life. Now, I remember being in New York and walking around looking at the people smiling, and it's like I should be smiling too, but I'm just not happy. And it was because I didn't understand who I was. Um, I didn't understand why I was. I didn't understand where I was. And, um, and that caused me to question if I wanted to be.
2: I'm living with my parents. My parents are taking care of the kids. Well, they're in bed by the time I get off my second or third job, whichever I happened to be, so I'd go out. The dancing, the, the partying, the, just the loud. everybody liked to be around me. I, I was just the life of the party, per se. And, and um, I don't know what I was looking for. I don't know what I was trying to find.
1: I remember being on, um, in New York, I was on the roof of this building. And I was just standing there. I was standing there looking out. And I was, um, and I just had it. And I said, okay, this is it.
3: You know, so many times we think the story ends there. Or we think it can never, never turn good. But it's why we love Easter around here so very much. And uh, we just love celebrating what Jesus does because he's still writing stories in people's lives that are here. And if you're alive today and well, which I see that you are, God is still writing your story as well. And we just believe that so very much. We, that's why we come to lift up Jesus' name today. What a powerful time of praise and worship with the worship team and the choir today. How many of you enjoyed that? That was amazing. So many wonderful volunteers making this weekend happen, and it's hard to believe we're at our last service. We are glad that you made it and glad that you are here, but you may wonder, well, if what does Easter have to do with me? You're in the right place today because I want to let you know what that means Our goals for the next few moments is to raise your awareness how Jesus' story changes our story, if we will allow it, how who he is changes who we are. We may know about the Easter story, but we may not know how it even applies to our lives. And so I want to encourage you to know this. It's possible to know the Easter story in history, but not know its relevance in our own lives. So I want to encourage you today to lean in on this message. So, You may have not even considered this thing of Easter, Jesus, God sending his only begotten son to this earth to save us. So you, though, may come and may not have your arms crossed on the outside, but maybe on the inside you do uh, today. But I want to challenge you to think about becoming a Christian in spite of the fact that you know some, in spite of the fact that you maybe have worked for one, In spite of the fact that maybe you've had a lot of pain in your life and you thought God should answer some prayers, I just want to encourage you to at least consider becoming a Christ follower because of Easter. God knows right where each and every one of us are at today in our lives. He really does, not just physically here, but he knows where you are at and consider the thought that God actually wants to talk with you and God actually wants to interact with you in your life because he loves you so very much. And I want you to tweak your mind to know that you are here on purpose. Does that sound okay? Good. All right. John chapter 11. John chapter 11 verse 25. We're going to turn there. If not, if you don't have a Bible, uh, it will be on the screen behind me as we look into this today. But we love the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the fourth gospel writer that we see goes through and validates the story of Jesus' death his burial, and his resurrection. Four different eyewitnesses, but as we come to this story in this portion today, this is a powerful portion that goes into that, where John eleven twenty five 25, in one line, I am the resurrection and the life. Could you repeat that after me? I am the resurrection and the life, or as the Message Bible says, I am, right now, resurrection and life to you. These were the words that were spoken by Jesus He was surrounded by a grieving family of his friend Lazarus, who had passed away unexpectedly and suddenly, we see in Scripture. Their story was, as we're relating this to the family specifically, that Jesus had let them down at their greatest point of need. He was a friend of the family, but when they needed him the most, he wasn't even there we're talking about two sisters and one brother here, he said to, they said to Jesus, in fact, as he arrived at the scene, they said to him, Jesus, you're late, and you're too late. You're too late, you missed it. You know, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. And after Jesus heard this, he stayed another two days. After Jesus heard that Lazarus had died, he stayed another two days in another town. So they had this disappointment thing going on. And, you know, it's amazing as we look out today, and many people that are represented here, you and I, and I think it's safe to say, at one time or another, all of us have been disappointed in what God didn't do or the prayers that weren't even answered in our lives. And so the things that we'd hoped for maybe didn't even come to be. So we can relate maybe a little bit to how they felt. In other words, they weren't seeing beyond where they were at that point, right then. What they didn't realize was Jesus arrived on the scene to actually begin a new chapter that would change the story of their life. So maybe you've been disappointed by things that have happened or not happened in your life. Maybe people have wronged you. Life has been very difficult for you. But I want to say to you today, your bad chapter doesn't have to be your final chapter. How many of you can say amen? Your bad chapter doesn't have to be your final chapter. Also, anytime we get stuck in a chapter, what we actually do is turn what's meant to be a chapter into our story, into the story of our life many times. And this is what happened that day at Bethany. This is what took place. The family of Lazarus was talking about what could have, what should have, what ought to have happened. And Jesus shows up and he's like, hey, Listen, I want to let you know, if you kind of will just all work with me, this chapter in your life is getting ready to be a really good Bible story, right? They just didn't know about it, right? They didn't know that that account would be written in Scripture, and we would read about it 2,000 some years later today, but have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the people who are in the Bible didn't actually know they were going to be in the Bible, right? They didn't know that. They're kind of doing life, it's kind of crazy and funny because it's kind of like if you know you're getting ready to have your picture taken, well, what do you do? You straighten up, you get your shirt pulled down, you get the smile on your face. Let me see your smiles. Come on, yeah, you get your hair done, you get everything, you get ready, right? You know why, because you're posing for the picture what's about ready to happen. If they would have known they were gonna be in the Bible, they would have behaved better. Maybe, probably, I don't know, maybe not. But Jesus is all about getting people involved. How many of you know that? He is all about getting people involved. And you know, we see Jesus even in his own story. He's in the tomb. It wasn't like he needed their help to remove the stone away from the tomb, did he? He didn't need them to do that. But he involved them in the process and thankfully they participated in it. And I believe that God is going to call you right here in the service, that you're going to feel that nudge, you're going to feel that nudge if you haven't found a church home, that you'll find a church home, even right here at Abundant Life, a place where you will find God, you'll find community, you'll find relationship, and you'll find a place that can help you grow in your faith, not only for adults, but for kids and students as well, that we're here to help encourage you in your walk with the Lord, because we know we can't do it alone. Because sometimes the hardest thing to do is to take the next step. How do we even know that to be true? Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to take the next step towards obedience in what God is calling us to do. To move us out of the chapter we are in to the next chapter that he's calling us to live in. And I want to encourage you today. This has been an absolutely amazing weekend with our two services last night. We had one earlier today. It's our fourth and final service. But it's been amazing because the last couple of weeks here at Abundant Life Church, we've been asking people that want to receive water baptism this weekend to sign up, and many have. What's amazing is they've come, they've said, I want to take this next step, this next chapter into obedience toward Christ. And not only that, we've invited people at the end of each service that didn't even sign up to come forward and receive water baptism like, wow, like on the spot, and it's happened in every service. How many of you know it can happen in this service too? Yes. Yes, it will. It will happen. Some of you are like, wow, Easter, I can get baptized. You can get baptized. Because Jesus says, hey, the first step is that you know me and you have a personal relationship with me. The second step is water baptism. So we want to help you on that. We're going to make it as easy as possible. We have a change of clothes for you. We have a shirt, a pair of shorts. You just come as you are, and we're gonna give you a change of clothes and a towel, and as you come, we're gonna see God do amazing things. The baptismal service has been so powerful in each service, and you won't want to miss it. And, and what's even more amazing is the pastoral staff will blow dry your hair and braid your hair if you want to afterwards. <laughs> and so they just didn't know about it, but yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Um, but In this story, we have a family that was obedient to participate in this chapter. And Lazarus, that was dead for four days. It took Jesus two more days to get there, even after he heard it. He was raised from the dead. And he said, inside of this passage of scripture, Lazarus, come out. Could you imagine that? That takes resurrection power to bring somebody that was dead back to life. So here's what I wanna say The I am of Jesus changed the I am of the people that day in Bethany. Somebody shout, I am. I am. Come on, shout it again. I am. Yeah, so the I am disappointed became the I am thankful. The I am discouraged became the I am encouraged. The I am resurrection of Jesus became the I am resurrection of Lazarus. Somebody shout, I am. I am. And I want, I want to talk to you about who you are. Then I want to talk about who Jesus is. So just real quick here. Let me tell you about you. I want to talk about you for a moment. You and I are God's creation. You are an original one of a kind to God. He knew you and he loved you before you were even you. All of your days were numbered before one of them even came to be. You are not an extra or a mistake with God. Your mom or dad might not even planned you, but God planned you. Talking about you, turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. That's right. That you are not a human being. Having a spiritual experience, you are a spiritual being. Have a, a human experience. If you got that, say, uh-huh. uh-huh. God has planned hope and future, but here is the deal that we realize as humans, and if you did, not I'm just going to kind of tell you this because it's in Scripture. You and I belong to a long line of sinners, a family tree of sinners who are full of goof-ups, mess-ups, and screw-ups. And nobody's ever maybe told you about that. Um, but... But there it is, and um, that, uh, all right, (laughs) you and I didn't choose when we were born to be a sinner, and I didn't choose to be a sinner. In fact, we didn't have a chance of not being a sinner, and we may think, well, that's a little unfair, which is why as I keep talking, when I tell you how good God is, I start to describe what he's done for you, and you start thinking, well, that's just so unfair, I don't even deserve that. I want you to come right back in your mind. And say, well, even with that lack of fairness, maybe I even feel that I was born into sin. That the only way that God corrected that for you and for me was to bring grace and mercy and favor. That's not even fair either into the human equation. So to overcome the undeserved sin, he had to create a plan to create undeserved righteousness for us. And this is where Jesus comes in. And we talk about Jesus, that Jesus is God. That he came in the form of man, the Bible says. He is the direct expression of God's extravagant love and favor, favor, Hebrew says, perfect in all his ways, without sin. And the reason why this matters so much is because of his sinless, perfect life became a gift to you and to me. And to every person that is out there, because we are imperfect, that he took The sin that we had upon himself, and he nailed it to the cross and paid the penalty for sin, meaning he did not hold it against us, he does not condemn us or shame us any longer. If you're here today and you don't know about this church, this church is not here to bring shame upon you because we realize in Jesus there is no longer shame. It is not shame on us, it's shame off of us in Jesus' name. Amen. There's no longer any condemnation. The third day, he broke free out of the grave. He gave us his righteousness, the free gift of salvation, that we didn't even earn it. It's unmerited. Sounds good to be true. It's like, sounds crazy, crazy, too good, over the top, free gift of salvation. That he said to all who believe and receive, he gave them rights to become the children, sons and daughters of God, believing and receiving. That's pretty amazing. Somebody shout, I am. I am. How many of you know that in our life there's a difference in how you introduce yourself and how you identify yourself? How many of you know that to be true? There's there's a difference many times in how we introduce ourselves to how we identify ourselves. In the text... Jesus is not introducing himself when he comes to the town of Bethany. He doesn't say, I am, the resur- I, am the, I am Jesus of Nazareth. They already knew that about him. What he did say was, I am the resurrection and the life, which is something they didn't even know about him because you have to look in this portion of scripture. Jesus had not even gone to the cross yet. He is already proclaiming about himself what was about ready to happen He said it before it even took place, and he came upon the scene and said, I am the resurrection and the life for you. So you might say, and you might have come in here today and introduced yourself to somebody and say, Hey, my name is, you fill in the blank, Jim, Jane, whatever, John. That's your introduction, but there's maybe some things that you have internalized about yourself that more accurately speaks to how you identify yourself. Are you with me? So the transparency that I am in your life could sound like this though you're not saying it out loud. I am insecure. I am afraid. I am weak. I am a sinner. I am a failure. See, we all self-identify, and I don't know what others have said about you or the labels that they have put on you and how you have internalized that identity upon yourself. We hear what other people observe about us many times, and then we identify ourselves with it based on what we say that we are. So maybe you have been the unplanned one. Maybe you've been the hard-headed one. Maybe you're the messy one, the black sheep of the family one, the weak one. And maybe today you've taken on what others have said about you And your identity is based not only what you know about you, but also what other people have said about you. And you've not only thought about it, you've internalized it. And now you identify with the labels that are put upon your life. We live in such a day where people label each other for everything, don't they? And it really is sad because what happens is those labels get out. And people then begin to internalize it and many times begin to live that which is not true of them. What I'm saying today is don't believe the fake news about you That the devil has tried to speak to you. Don't believe the fake news that people have tried to label you with. We live in such a day of fake news. You hear more about fake news nowadays than about real truthful news. Don't, what I'm saying, don't let it go to your head and move into your heart because the enemy is a liar and that is all he knows how to speak. So don't believe the news that the enemy has spoken over your life. So today we're here on Easter weekend with many of you having an identity based on wrong stuff. It's based on an event in your life. It's based on one of those big mistakes that we turn into an event into our life. And then we turn it into the story of our heart It's one day, it's one season, and here's what I want to say to you today. We cannot allow their opinion to have the final word in our heart about who you and I are. Because if you, you do, it will pull you down, it will drown you in life, it will take you backwards and keep you from experiencing all of God's goodness and all of God's plan for your life. Don't believe the liar that has spoken over you and said things that are untruthful. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's true. See, if you don't know how Jesus' story changes your story and how it applies, then you are stuck with who you know yourself to be. You're stuck with you. I don't know about you, but as I come to this Easter weekend... I'm reminded over and over again by not only baptisms but many people that have come to Christ that I realize as a believer in the Lord, far from perfect, but I need to be saved from myself every single day. So if you're a believer, I want to challenge you today in this room. You may come to Easter weekend and say, this is only for the non-believer. You are wrong because every single one of us needs Jesus every single day at every single moment and we need to be saved from ourselves today just like we will tomorrow. Amen? That's true. I don't have this thing whipped, so don't come and ask me. I just know I'm on a journey and I I need people around me to help me through. Here's some big name in the people that have identified with the wrong identity. You've heard of Abraham, big, big guy named Abraham, lied under pressure. Sarah laughed at the promises of God. Moses stuttered, stammered, had a speech impediment. He questioned God's judgment in picking him. And later on, he killed a man, the Bible says. David had an affair, and part of the cover-up, little David, we're talking about little David with a slingshot in Goliath, that David, then had her husband killed. John was prideful, self-righteous. Peter was a cursing hothead. The Apostle Paul was a gang leader who persecuted and murdered Christians. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. How many of you are feeling real good about yourself about now? It makes you feel a little bit better, doesn't it? You might be here today and think the resurrection and the crucifixion, you know, they're just not for me. You know, and I understand that because we are a church that allows people to come and bring their questions. We're not here to say we have all the answers, but we can go to the one that does and we can help encourage each other along the way because as you think about it, Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples, was one of the ones that spoke up after Jesus rose from the dead and said, I doubt the resurrection happened. His very close follower. Finally, he was convinced of it. What I want to encourage you to do is if you're here today and you're a skeptic, I just encourage you to lean into this story and read through these biblical accounts and never stop giving up having an open heart so that God can prove himself to you because he will. There's a list of people right there. What I'm saying to you today is you can't let who you were on your weakest day have the last word about you. I'm going to say that again, and then I just want us to give the Lord thanks because it's him alone that deserves the praise. Are you ready? You can't let who you were on the weakest day have the last word about you. Come on, let's give the Lord thanks for that. Amen. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen.
0: you get to a point in your life where you get so fed up with the way that you're living because you know the direction that you've been going and the things that you've been doing to try to change, but yet you're still seeing the same results.
2: My next door neighbor, her mother-in-law, was watching her um, son and um, they had their four-year-old granddaughter there as well. And I went over to take him toys, drunk as a
1: monkey, As I took my last, like I just breathed in and I was going to jump. scared
2: the kids, I guess. I went, went home and um, I saw the text message from her saying if I wanted to be around him and, and see him and be involved in his life, um, I couldn't be drinking.
0: You have to try to
1: uh, lie and, and hide what's, re- what's really going on inside of you. It was in that moment that God really spoke to me. I have more for you I have plans for your life and I know that you're confused and I know that you're tired and I know that you want to give up but there's more for you
2: My daughter had been wanting me to go to church with her I uh, went with her and I felt something then we went Easter and we went when we went Easter uh, I felt I felt God lay his hand on me.
0: I kept trying to overcome the addiction on my own strength. I had to get to that point in my life to where, you know, just reading
1: God's word and really allowing it to hit my heart uh, and not just keep it up in my head. I knew He was talking to me, that there is purpose behind all of this. There is a plan behind all of this. He doesn't make a mistake where masterpieces, you know, made in His image, and I'm not exempt from that. You know, I, I'm included in that, and I needed to hear that. And I think that was the moment where my life. Changed. I stopped trying to be and just rested in the fact that He is and He knows.
0: Is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And for me, that's when I fully was able to grasp uh, God's grace.
2: My life has changed. God is there through everything. Even when you can't hear Him, even when you can't see Him,
1: Live in grief. God's bigger than all of the challenges and all the circumstances and God makes no mistakes. We're all crafted in his image, everybody, you know, and that's something to be awesomely proud about. At the end of the day, I feel humble. Who am I that the God
0: of, of the universe wants to redeem me? I can only be here because of God. Because I know it's like on my own strength, I, I'd still be struggling. My name is Philip.
2: My name's Jeannie.
0: My name is Mike Lewis.
2: I'm not a slave to this world anymore.
1: I am redeemed. I am loved. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Child of God the most high
3: Hey man, come on, let's give the Lord praise. Thank you Lord, for redeeming us and saving us. And we are yours alone, Lord. How we bless your name today. And thank you. Thank you for the gift of salvation, Lord. And I want to thank Pastor Mike and Philip and Jeannie who were bold enough to share their testimony with us that their story continues. And so does yours if you allow God to step into the middle of it. That you can't let failure or the shortcoming of what people saw or even said about you to have the final word on who you are. And the way to do that is today, is you have to make Jesus' story your story. Because our stories on our own have a shelf life. But Jesus' story continues to go on and on and on. 2 Corinthians 5, it says, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. If any man is in Christ, in Christ, that's amazing because that is timeless truth for truthless times. That has stood the test of time. Anybody who takes on the story of Christ and overlays it in their own life, the old man, woman, child, student is gone. The new has come. Newness has come. And this is the reason for water baptism as we celebrate today. The whole reason the Bible talks about baptism. And it tells us that there has to be a point, a reference point, like an actual day and time. And so God, because he knows, God understands that we've internalized things about us that are not right. And we need to get rid of that and trade in for something that is greater. So baptism is that moment in time where we physically participate in what God has done spiritually in us, bringing us into his family. As we go into the water, as we get baptized, we no longer identify ourselves by ourselves, but now we identify with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. See, it's a new identity. It's a new identity. In Romans 6, it says, don't you know that all of us who are baptized in Christ have been baptized as into his death and therefore we are buried with him. And if we're buried with him, it goes on to say that we will also rise with him, we will live with him. Jesus said, I just want you to go into a river, I want you to go into a baptismal tank somewhere, I want you to go and I want you to go down and be buried like I was buried and I want you to come back up, not the old me, not who I was, but there's gonna be a new you that's going to come forward, because why? Because the cross changes the I am of my life. You and I can't change it on our own. I'm telling you something. Sir, ma'am, you can't change your destiny on your own. The cross changes your destiny. And today is the day for you to change your destiny. Today is the day where you exchange what God has done for you into a new life. That the old is gone and the new has come. You know, and I want to tell you this. I think it's so important a lot of people assume that Christians think we're better than other people. That may be true for some, but for the majority of believers, I know that's not true. For the most part, it's actually the opposite. That we are well aware of our faults and our weakness, weaknesses and our inadequacies. We are well aware that we are not qualified to be in relationship with God. But when people start trusting in what God has done through the cross... We know that we are all just a little bit pitiful. And how we say that around here is that everybody is welcome, nobody is perfect, but anything is possible with God. But every person needs a point of reference. And I'm going to tell you today, I don't know about you, but I love empty crosses. Amen. I love empty crosses. I love that the tomb... The tomb is empty today, and if you go there, you will not find Jesus. He's gone. He arose, and he's not there because we see this, that he says, I want to give you who I am, the new I am. The cross says that I am loved by God. I know that I sin, but through the cross, it says that I've been saved by God's grace and that I'm going to internalize the cross. The cross says I am strong. You may ask, who's going to love me, lead me, rescue me, satisfy me, direct me, strengthen me? And God says, I am that for you. If you are looking for those things and people, then you have looked to the wrong I am. God says, look to me because I am the one that can fulfill your deepest longing in your heart. I can sustain you where you are at. Because I am the great I am. So I'm asking you today, will you come to this Jesus that says that I am I am everything that you need for me to be? Who of you will say today, you know what? I refuse to be a slave any longer to sin, junk in this world. But now today through the cross, I am going to become a child of God. Who of you will say that? Because when we take it and internalize it, We go from death to life, captivity to freedom, weakness to strength, and hate to love. That he says, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live, will live. And you have to understand that identity is not achieved, but it is received. There's nothing you and I can do in this room to achieve it, but you and I can only receive it because it is a free gift of salvation today. That is what he gives to us. So I believe in this room today that the resurrected king, as we sang about, is gonna resurrect people's lives that have been dead, that are gonna rise to new life here. And that not only are you gonna stop there, that you're gonna come and receive water baptism. And I know that the end of the service is gonna be so powerful and impactful. So I know that there's many that have signed up, but there are many here that God is stirring your heart to say, I need to come forward and be obedient. Remember the hardest part many times is the next step. The next step in the Lord. God's calling you to take the next step. Some people are like well I can put it off the next. No don't put it off till next time what God told you to do now. So do it in Jesus name. So I want to ask every person in this room to join me in prayer. Again I want everybody to pray whether you know Christ or not Whether this is the first time you say, I'm going to come to Jesus, maybe it's been the first time in a long time, or you are just so lost today that you're saying, I need the resurrection and the life inside of me. So I'm just going to ask everybody to lift their voice and repeat after me. Are you ready? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, forgive me of my sins. I make you the I am in my life thank you for the cross that I am no longer a slave but I am a child of God now as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed those of you in this room today that have said I said this, I believe it and today I am making God through Jesus the great I am in my life, can I see your hands in this place come on raise them high, come on raise them high wow there are amazing Keep them raised before the Lord. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Savior of our souls thank you for these hands you can put your hands down father i thank you and we rejoice with you today for the many that have came to you right now and have internalized the cross and are set free that they are no longer a slave to sin but they are now a child of the living god in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen come on let's give the lord praise thank you lord we praise you jesus Lord, you're so good to us. Hallelujah. So come on, let's stand to our feet. Don't leave now. It's the best part. Those of you that are saying, I want to receive water baptism, I'm going to join with these over here that are receiving water baptism. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. When people come out of the water, we are not quiet around here. We rejoice. Amen. So let's do it in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, let's give the Lord a great big shout of praise. Come on, let's give him thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't have much of a voice left, but I can I can whistle. Let me tell you something. You guys have witnessed history today. Where people have taken the next step in the journey. And I'm going to tell you, this is powerful. This is amazing. That when the New Testament church looked at the book of Acts, when people went into the water and came out of the water, they really believed these people were clean. They were ready to go out into the world. They really believed that. And so do we. Because we're a New Testament church. That the old is gone and the new has come. And so we rejoice with these that have received water baptism. Awesome. Just awesome. Amen. God is good. And those that just spontaneously got up, I don't know how many spontaneous, but there was quite a bit at this. Eight spontaneously got up as well as the rest of them. It's amazing. Last night in our, in our second service, we had a guy, older guy, come and he's in a wheelchair. He had little, very, very little mobility in his legs. And he said, I want to be baptized. We're not going to withhold anybody from baptism once baptized. And we offered to deadlift him to bring him up. And he said, no, I'm going to try to do it on my own. And he did. And it took a while. But he came into the tank. We baptized him last night, the 6 o'clock service, as well as many other baptismal candidates. I just give it to that guy for the will that he had. And we prayed healing over his body. And we believe God is in the healing and the restoration and the saving business in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that's the message of the great I Am. So we pray. God's blessing upon you. Happy Easter. And uh, may you go with the great I am this weekend in Jesus' name. God bless you in Jesus' name.